0: Last week, I had dinner with three colleagues who all hold very prestigious positions in the marketing departments of some big national brands. And yes, you have heard of each and every one of these brands. One was a delivery giant, one is a frozen foods retailer, and the other one works for one of the biggest hotel chains in the world. Now, as inevitably happens when we get together, we can't help but talk about work and and how things are going. But this past week, something strange happened. We started talking about social media, and we were debating best practices, we were comparing notes, that sort of thing, and and a pattern emerged. Each of these three companies was doing something different, completely different. At this point, I sort of stepped out of the conversation, and and I began playing the role of moderator, partially out of self-preservation. These people were way out of my league, playing with budgets that I could only dream of, but it was also out of curiosity. I wanted to learn what they were doing. I wanted to know why they had decided to do that. And most of all, I wanted to learn whether or not their tactics were working. So on today's show, I'm going to protect the identities of the people and their companies that they work for, but I'm going to share the tactics and strategies that they shared with me. I promise you do not want to miss this one. Tons of valuable information. Stick around. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world, those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast all about helping chefs and operators build more profitable restaurants. Now, each week, we toggle back and forth between a monologue-style format and an interview, but the goal is always the same, to take complicated marketing concepts and make them both understandable and actionable. Why? Because, like I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, today's episode is made possible by Chip Close Creative. This is my company, an agency I founded back in 2016 that's all about helping restaurant owners build strategies for their businesses, helping them get more deliberate with what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. I work with nearly a dozen clients all across the United States, and I'm ready to take on a few more clients. To get started, I'm offering a free 60-minute consultation to anyone who's interested. Simply email me directly, chip at chipclose.com. That's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. We'll set up a time that's convenient for both of us and then go from there. Those 60 minutes are absolutely free. There is no pressure to move forward with ongoing coaching unless you absolutely want to. At the very least, I figure it's a great opportunity for me to learn more about you and your business, and I promise you're going to come away with some insights to apply directly to your business at the end of that hour. Again, I'm looking to take on just four or five new clients starting this summer, and to get started, I'm offering a free 60-minute consultation just to see if it's a good fit. Simply email Chip at chipclose.com. Again, C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. You will find that in the show notes if you forget it. Now, today, uh, it's all about rethinking your social strategy. So again, I want to remind you, I'm sitting at dinner with... Three people, uh, colleagues of mine uh, that I went to school with, uh, and, and these three people are are, are going on and on uh, about what their companies are doing specifically with social media. They're, they're sharing their social media strategies uh, with me, and I was blown away because they were all doing something so, so different, they all had different perspectives on it. Uh, but the big takeaway here, and, and we'll get to this, is that they had specific goals in mind, that they were utilizing social media differently because social media fit into their overall objectives in different ways. So now let's back up a little bit let's talk about the history of social media right how we've all been using it how it started what we're doing now uh, we don't have to go back too terribly far because social media at least as we know it really started with with facebook of course there was friendster and myspace before that but but we weren't really using it certainly businesses weren't using it in the way uh, that businesses now use facebook so for all intents and purposes uh we start this era uh with the uh, the dawn of facebook so Facebook launches in what 2004, 2005. The first business pages uh, emerge in 2006 and 7, and that's when advertising starts. So, in the beginning, it was a way to kind of curate your life, to, to show off, you know, pictures for, for people, for individuals, uh, to show off pictures of their life, to to talk about where they're going, what they're what they've been up to, to reconnect with old friends, reconnect with people they might have lost touch with right that's that's how it started it was totally free and it was an incredible resource it was a re- great way of connecting the world it literally was social it was a it was a way to connect and stay connected but that has changed and i think we're all uh, well aware of it ever since uh, brands uh, came onto it uh, again in 2006 2007 and advertising started right it became about um, about uh, in eyeballs it became about impressions, just like uh, television uh, television works now i've said this before and and I will reiterate it here I think the the problem with social media is that they've got a real estate problem right there are only so many um so many posts you can view while you're scrolling before you get bored and and just click off and close the app right so the idea the the point of social media right their, their overall goal is to keep you on the platform, right? The more content that, that Facebook can show you, uh, the more you're apt to stay. Or rather, put another way, uh, if they can show you content you like that you're more apt to engage with, then you're more apt to stay on the platform. So this is where we get into this very polarized um, uh, existence that we're all uh, that we're all familiar with at this point, right? It, it, where where we have our own personal echo chambers, right? That that your feed is made up largely of of opinions and, and people who feel the same way you do because that's what you want to see. Facebook knows this. People want to see things uh, that they agree with, right? That they're more apt to, to read there uh, on the platform. If you disagree with stuff, you're going to get a bad feeling, a negative feeling about the platform and you're going to close the app and move on with your day. So Facebook... Um, ha- has a has an interest in keeping you on the platform, because the more they can keep you on the platform scrolling, uh, the more ads they can show you, right? The more ads they show you, the more impressions they rack up, and that's how they charge their advertisers. Now, what's interesting is that everybody listening to this is both a consumer of social media and i'm assuming also probably a merchant right a business with a a business page right so you've probably got a profile right where you you know you have your own personal life uh, up there and then you've got your business page you know one that uh you know that advertises uh that promotes your restaurant let's say right so Ever since uh, restaurants have started getting on social media, so if the first business pages were like 06, 07, uh, social media uh, for uh, for businesses didn't really take off until 2012, 13, 14, and then 15 and 16. It absolutely exploded, right? You really had to be on the platform if you want it to be relevant as a business, right? Certainly, that's when a lot of restaurants uh, that I knew, I I saw getting on there. That's when my business really took off in 2015 and 16 when I started capturing content and managing social media feeds uh, for a handful of clients, right? So the way we do it, right? And and tell me if I'm wrong, I think probably 90% of the people listening to this podcast uh, will agree with this. The way we do it is to post every day or maybe every other day or maybe like five out of seven days a week. And, and you probably post your, uh, your your food and you post your, uh, your beverages and, and the people and the dining room and maybe the neighborhood and maybe some more food and then another beverage shot and then more food, right? This is what you do. Right, this is what organic posting is. You just kind of post stuff um, that that shows uh, that shows what your brand is all about, what your restaurant is all about. It ends up, uh, you know, uh, being a lookbook showing people what they can expect if they were to dine there, or to remind people about what it was like to dine there, to try to entice them to come back. That's how most. Businesses, most restaurants, I'll say, end up using um, using the feed. That's how they use uh, Facebook. That's how they use uh, Instagram, and to a large degree, that's how they end up using Twitter. Now, again, the reality of social media is that it's a marketplace, and the users. Are the things that are being bought and sold, right? So when you go on there as uh, just a user, just someone trying to, to check in, see what's going on in the world, or to check in with family, or to you know catch up on pictures of your you know your your neighbor's cute dog or whatever, you are the thing being sold to advertisers. And likewise, when you are an advertiser, when you are a restaurant owner looking to uh, to get your content in front of people you are buying eyeballs right or you are or you're trying to fight for those eyeballs if it's if it's just an organic uh, if it's just an organic reach again brands pay for the right to get in front of the people who are most apt to like the products being advertised so again you get into this real estate problem Facebook can only show you so many ads in a row before you feel like you're being sold to right so it's a friend post a friend post a colleague a uh, uh, a family member, an ad, a family member, a colleague, an ad, a family member, um, some brand you like, an ad. Right? this is how it goes again, it's a real estate problem. It becomes a reach problem and because of that, they make brands pay. We know this. We've been watching uh, we've been watching reach uh, diminish over the last, I'll say four years, right? Uh, and really over the last I'll say two or three years, it's 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 gone way, way down. They're forcing you uh to pay money to spend money to get your post in front of more people. And we know this, right? You got 5000 followers, they're going to show it to maybe 400 or 500 of those. Maybe if it gets a lot of engagement, if if Facebook can see that that this is content that people like, maybe they'll show it to a couple hundred more people. But they are never going to show it to all 5000 people and they are rarely going to show it to people outside of your following, right? It just it's just not going to happen. Now, If we know this about social media, why do we continue to use it in 2021 the same way that we used it in 2016? that gets into this conversation, right? That, that's a little history lesson. That's a, just to bring you up to speed, we are where we are. And that's my big question, right? If we know this about social media, why do we continue uh, to ignore that? Why do, we, uh, why do we use it in the ways that we used to use it before? I think we've got to stay more flexible. And I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna share with you the three strategies that were shared, uh, that were shared with me. So I want to start here with this hotel brand, right? So I was dining with their CMO, right? This CMO, told me point blank that their entire strategy is to use social media to identify leads, and then they do everything they can now to move the conversation onto the platforms they own. Because remember, you don't own the platforms, none of these platforms, right? You don't own Facebook, you don't own real estate on Facebook, you don't own Instagram. You don't own the followers, and so you certainly don't own the relationship you have with the followers on that platform. And again, I've said this before, I'll remind you, if Facebook shuts down tomorrow, which I don't think they will, but for all intents and purposes, if Facebook shuts down tomorrow, you lose all 5,000, 10,000, 30,000 of your followers, whoever you engage with on that platform they're gone. That relationship is gone. The connection you have to those people is entirely gone. Likewise, if Facebook changes the algorithm as they have hundreds and hundreds of times, that algorithm change will affect your relationship to those followers. Again, like I was just talking about, um, the, the the death of reach in, in the beginning. So l- let's say 2015, 2016, uh, let's say you had 5,000 followers and you sent a post out, you, you posted something, uh, a picture of your new steak dish and you posted it on there. Um it was conceivable that several thousand of your followers would see it. It's also conceivable uh, that maybe a couple hundred or as much as a thousand of, uh, of people outside of your following would also see it, and that would lead to you uh, getting more attention, more eyeballs from outside of your little niche. It was a great way um, to acquire a new business, to attract um, new people to your brand, to raise awareness for your brand, Right. That is gone. The algorithm has changed. The algorithm has uh, become this thing now uh, where they really limit who sees your post. They are forcing brands into spending money on the platform. Now, to make things even worse, 2022 is going to see the end of third-party cookies. So targeting, and specifically retargeting, is going to get harder and harder. And this woman, the CMO of this company, told me that retargeting on social is a crucial part of their business. It is one of the biggest conversions that they see. Uh, It's reliable, it's convertible, it's measurable, uh, and it's profitable. So what will happen when that goes away or when it becomes that much harder she and her team are really scared about that they're really focused on this and they are working now to change the way they engage with their followers so again they are working to get those people uh, who they have on social media, the people that they, uh, they meet through advertising, right? The people that uh, engage with them through the ads that they post and, and through their uh, organic and paid posts. They are trying to drive those people onto their website. They are specifically trying to drive them to like a landing page uh, so that they can get data capture, right? So to get them to sign up for an email list or a text list or to sign up for a promotion or a discount or whatever it is. There are lots of different ways um, that you can incentivize someone to uh, give over their uh, their information um, and they use several different tactics. But their entire strategy, their entire play is to take those relationships, identify prospects, let's say, or or leads and just get them onto the channels that they own. So the channels they own are their SMS uh, communication tool, uh, their email service provider, their website. That's real estate that they own. They own their list. They own, right, even if they change from Let's say uh, you know uh, convert kit to Mailchimp or Mailchimp to com- uh, Constant Contact or whatever it is. They still own the list. They own all the tags. They own the data, and they can continue engaging with uh, with those people uh, on a different uh, on a different service. Much much different than Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You don't own the platform, and so you don't own the relationship. And so again, their whole strategy is to get them off. Now. I'm going to pivot, I'm going to uh, shift gears here and talk about uh, the second person that I was at dinner with, right? And they run, this is again, a huge national brand uh, to give you you know some context. They've got like 2 million followers on their Instagram page, right? It's a huge uh, company. It's a, it's a huge delivery company, you know, food service. Um, they post every other day, all pretty much food shots. But here's the interesting thing, mainly user generated content. It's not a lot of slick, overproduced images. They've done that very deliberately, and still, they have millions of followers, but they get very low engagement. And I commented on this. I said, "You get two million plus followers, and you get you know a thousand likes on a you know on a photo. Like 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 doesn't that doesn't that matter to you? Uh, it seems like it's not engaging. Wouldn't you try to find stuff that's engaging?" And they say, "It doesn't matter what we post if we don't put money behind it." We're not gonna get a lot of reach. We're not gonna get a lot of impressions. Therefore, we're not gonna get a lot of engagement. And on this platform, social media, that's not what we're gonna do, right? So strangely, they said social media wasn't a key part of their marketing strategy. They understood the importance of maintaining a presence on those platforms, but then they quickly acknowledged that it wasn't going to drive much revenue. They know that. They have the data that shows no one's going to look at a, a picture of food uh, on the uh, on the on the Instagram page and use that uh, to then say, "Oh, I really want to go." Uh, you know, really want to go order food. So then it begs the question, and and this is the question I asked. Then what does drive revenue, right? If if not on social media, well then then what does drive revenue? And they said very very clearly. Said we need to get people to the website, and then we need to get people to the app. We've got our own app. We need them to download the app. That's what we. Uh, that's what we need to do. That's what's going to drive revenue. So here's the interesting thing, right? So the first person, the uh, the CMO of the hotel chain, said it's all about getting them to their own channels. And here, a huge uh, delivery brand, uh, you know, all across the country, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of units. They said they're trying to drive them to their own owned channels. Now, it wasn't about uh, you know email capture necessarily or, or text capture. It was about the app download and if they couldn't get the app download to at least get them to the website to place the order on the website. But they weren't using social media necessarily to drive that traffic there. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Now, the key to this whole conversation though is in the last brand's case study. I haven't told you about this one yet. I will tell you about it in just a minute after a word from one of our sponsors. Whether you realize it or not, your website is the most powerful marketing tool at your disposal, right? It's where people go to learn who you are, where you're located, when you're open, and of course, to see the food you serve. So then why would you rely on PDF menus and static text to sell food? Our culture is visual and people these days want to see what they're getting, right? We eat with our eyes, enter pop menu a website design platform that puts the menu at the heart of everything. Pop menu's dynamic menu technology serves high quality photos and allows guests to like and review dishes that they love that will then live on that dish's web page on the site. These features all feed into your restaurant's SEO results to help you rank higher in relevant searches. What's more, Pop menu's automated marketing tools keep guests engaged long after their purchase. You can send automated texts and emails to incentivize new orders and promote new dishes, events, and specials. Pop Menu keeps restaurants top of mind with guests. If you're a restaurant owner, you need a great website that not only looks beautiful, but helps drive more traffic and sales. Use Pop menu to take your business to the next level. Best of all, listeners of this show can lock in one set monthly rate for life and get $100 off their first month. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month by visiting popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, that link is in the show notes. The last case study I wanted to share with you was really, really interesting. They are a frozen food giant, right? So it's, again, a national brand that has no e-commerce play, right? There is no um, direct-to-consumer portal. There's no way for them to sell on their website. So this company is trying to drive people to uh, to the users, to the guests, to the customers, local supermarket, to get them to do go to the, fr- uh, the freezer section of that supermarket and buy their food. Now, here's the crazy, crazy thing. It blew my mind. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll blow your mind. Maybe I'm just naive and you will think this normal. But they do no organic posts. They only post every five or six days, and they put money behind every single one of those posts. More than that, they have a specific budget predetermined for every post on Facebook, and every single post on Instagram. Now, this blew my mind. So, I started poking and prodding. Right, the the director of marketing, who I was uh, who I was at, out to dinner with, told me point blank, it's pointless for any business these days to rely on organic posts. The data is clear. Just like we talked about just a few minutes ago, the platforms are restricting reach. They want businesses to spend money. You don't have to spend money, but then you're not going to benefit from the power of the platforms. Now, let me just say right here, social media sort of drives me crazy, right? A big part of my business a few years back um, was social media. Now I've I've somewhat moved away from it. Um, it's just part of what I offer. It's part of what I consult on. Uh, but I think that's because um maybe some consciously i got tired of doing the same old thing over and over and over i would meet with a brand i would come up with brand pillars i would come up with a tone a voice all of that um but that got really tedious to me and so let me ask you what is your social media strategy right now Uh, everyone out there all everyone listening what is the social media strategy that you've got for your restaurant if you're like most restaurants You probably post every day or or every other day, right? And it's probably a mix of, again, food shots and beverage and and, and dining room shots and maybe the people and and maybe you do a fun video every so often. But I want to ask, what are you looking to do? What, what What are you trying to accomplish on these platforms? Are you looking to just stay relevant, right? Because I think most restaurants are simply doing what they see other restaurants doing. And I wanna share a bit of advice that the frozen food lady gave me. You gotta figure out what your goals are and then build a strategy that helps you achieve those goals. And I am talking overarching, big picture, 30,000 feet goals, not just vanity metrics like followers or likes or comments. We measure success the same way. It doesn't matter uh, in in what business you are, right? We, We measure the metrics that matter. So for the frozen food brand, they know so much of their success hinges on familiarity, simply introducing the brand to as many qualified buyers as possible. That's what matters. So we're talking reach. And we know reach is dead on Facebook and Instagram, which means you've got to pay to play. And so of course that sucks, but then if that's your goal, You've got to build a budget and a plan for it. And you, you, you've just got to accept it for what it is. So the question is, what are you looking to do? Figure that out. This is the advice that, that this woman gave me. Figure that out. What are, you, what are you looking to do? And then build a plan to accomplish that. Don't look at any of your competitors. Don't look at what they're doing. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Now, let me show you how this works in the real world. How it, how it might apply to, let's say, a small restaurant out there. Let's say, just like this frozen food brand uh, wanted to do, let's say that you want to expand your reach. You simply want to raise awareness, get more people to know you. Well, then I might schedule a photo shoot and again, do what the frozen food company did and and, and just post the very best images and then boost those posts uh, or or turn them into ads uh, to get in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Now, what if you want to, let's say, grow your email list? Well, I would do uh, what I just described above, but then I would start an ad campaign that targets your fans and entices them to click a call to action button in the ad, and this would bring those people to a landing page for some sort of email capture. Now, obviously, you have to incentivize this in some way, but, but maybe this is one way you would utilize social media to help grow your list. The point is to look at your business as a whole and the totality of your marketing efforts and figure out how social media fits in, right? So this conversation I had just last week knocked my world off its axis. And as I consult with my clients here in New York and beyond, I am shifting already the way that I approach my work. In many ways, I think this just gave me permission to change it up, and so I pass that along to you. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. In fact, I think you might be better off doing something entirely different, right? That's what the frozen food people are doing. And guess what? Their revenues are up 12% from 2018 to 2019, up more than 20% in 2020, which makes sense given that everyone was cooking at home. But now, so far in 2021, and we've pretty much been been allowed out of our houses, it's up another 20% year to date. That is huge growth, and I think it has to do with the comprehensive view they take of their business. So again, what are they doing? They are doing no organic posting, and they are posting very sparsely, once every five days, once every four days. So it's like once, sometimes twice a week, and they are boosting every single day post. So they only put their best content out there and they are trying to reach as many people as possible. Because they uh, they post, you know, they, they, they post a picture with a caption and they let it run for a couple of hours and then they boost it. So it gets a little bit of organic reach and then they get the paid reach beyond that. So it goes to their people, but it also then goes beyond because again, this is so this is the other key piece is that they are hyper focused on their target audience. They know exactly who their people are and they've got set audiences and lookalike audiences on all of that. So they can say, find other people who look just like this, who act just like this, who behave just like this, who have similar interests as these people, because these people we've identified as some of our best customers. So we're taking a chance that these other people that Facebook can find are going to be very similar and and probably going to have similar uh, buying habits as these people who we've identified as our target audience, right? So then... Finally, here's the last point I wanted to make, right? So a nearly two hour conversation on the subject. And here's the last crazy thing. Not once did the subject of engagement come up, right? So all these social media platforms are meant to be social. And here, some of the biggest brands in the world seem to have discovered something kind of weird and crucial. Engagement doesn't really matter. They're using these platforms as targeted billboards, as an opportunity to get their brands in front of people most likely to buy their product. And I think we should stop trying to game the system or play towards something and just acknowledge an inconvenient reality. These platforms were made for one thing or, or, or conceived to do one thing and now do something very different, right? They offer a sophisticated way to target with precision, a group that might love what you do or or are apt to love what you do. And I think we should start using it in that way. That is certainly something that I'm taking forward. And again, this is an insight I had. This is a revelation I had last week and I'm passing it on to all of you guys. So my question is, what's your social budget? Don't have one, get one. Even if it's just a hundred dollars a month, come up with a plan for how to properly spend that money to achieve your goals. And as Seth Godin wisely says, if you set a hundred dollars a month, make sure to spend all $100 a month. Don't stop and say, well, this month, maybe we won't spend all a hundred bucks. If you're gonna set your budget at a hundred bucks, spend all a hundred dollars. If you're gonna set it at 500, spend all 500. If you're gonna spend a thousand, whatever it is, spend all the money and of course, Of course, if your audience isn't on social, or if you have another plan to capture and retain customers, if it's part of your larger, broader marketing plan, then great. Don't give Mark Zuckerberg any more of your money, but also reconsider how you're using the platforms, how you're uh, allocating resources, human resources, creative resources, right? But the point is, don't keep using the platforms like we did in 2016. It doesn't work anymore, and you're wasting precious resources. Now, before I let you go, I wanna remind you once more about my offer. I am taking on four or five new coaching clients starting now, and I'm offering up a free 60 minute consultation call to talk through some of the issues you're facing and to see if it's a good fit. No strings attached. I would just love to connect with you. Email me directly chip at chipclose.com, C H I P K L O S E.com. I hope you got some value out of this week's conversation. Take the time to rethink your social strategy and put a plan in place to accomplish the goals that you actually want to accomplish. Remember, the triangle principle we spoke about just a few weeks ago. Come up with a plan to attract customers, come up with a plan to retain them, and then come up with a plan to turn them into raving fans that will go out and spread the word about how fabulous your restaurant is. That's it. Have a great week, stay creative, and I will see you next time. Restaurant Strategy is made possible by the generous support of our sponsors as well as our Patreon supporters. A special shout-out to all of our gold and platinum members, Ty Haynes, Bob and Kate Carpenter, Scott Middleton, Chuck and Denise Close, Stephen and Ann Fagan, Mario D'Amatos, and Christopher Tana. If you want to become a supporter, please go visit patreon.com restaurantstrategy. Again, the link is in the show notes.